This is Unsocial Spectators with Clay Harrison and Mark Ramsey. And uh, you can find us at unsocialspectators.com and also at unspectators on Twitter. And welcome to episode 63 of Unsocial Spectators. Hello. Hey now. 63. Yes. No pod fading yet. Nope. No. We're gonna, we'll hit 100 in no time. Yeah. Yeah. What, next year? This I don't year? Know. <laughs> 63, 75, 80. I don't know. Seven ninety nine. Screw it. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Truck stop woman. This was what I love. I wrote down like just notes on this because I love the poster and I love the opening scene. There is a music video that is in the middle of this movie. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's uh, a, a truck that sings a song. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's called it's weird. called I'm a truck. I'm a truck. <laughs> Why was that not in maximum overdrive? <laughs> no, I know. Uh look, there there were so many scenes that made you go, what the hell? In this yeah, film? so so the the plot of the movie is that there are these there's a brothel that's run by these women uh-huh. that the mob is going to take over. And this is this, every exploitation movie of the seventies. This is the plot for it. Yeah. And it's, the same mob guy. Yeah. It's always the same mob guys. Too. The, fa- <laughs> the, the, the uh, fancy hair and then the, uh, and then the muscle, the dumb muscle. Yeah. Dumb muscle. And, and so the opening scene of the movie is, this guy that you think is, is, or this guy and this woman in a, in a bath rolling around together. And then the mafia, the guys who you will see as the mafia, the rest of the movie come in and just start shooting and just blow this dude away. The girl screams and they stop long enough to acknowledge her and then shoot her. And that's the opening of the movie. Yeah. But um, I do love, there's one particular character I want to point out that I love a lot is the old man with the with the uh, salt and pepper uh, beard that sh- first shows up as a John. And then later you see he's a judge. Like he, like, like his kind of character actually unfolds with every position he's in throughout yeah, the film. Yeah, like he was in uh, Welcome Home Brother Charles. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, uh, there are so many cliches in this film, you know. I wrote that down. I wrote down what are the tropes of the American trucker film, and I think the first one is always the cops are Keystone cops, but for the 70s, yeah. The Smokies aren't really smart, yeah. They, they, uh, uh, are constantly the the butt of the joke. They're always dumb. And they're corrupt. They're corrupt. I think, you know, best exemplified by Buford T. Justice 
in Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah. But he basically shits on the whole police uh, uh, group by shitting on his son-in-law <laughs> the most that's riding with him. That's what's so great. And at um, uh, some points, it seemed like they're making it up as it went along. Yeah, yeah. It was really weird because they would have these random scenes, but then I did read that they had to like crowbar a character in, so they had to have a scene where they explained his purpose. Uh-huh. <laughs> but this is like, this is weird because like, so I started researching why were there movies about truckers in the 70s? And it was because of uh expansion you had interstate highways connecting you had these guys who were seen as like blue collar workers bringing stuff to their uh uh to their you know their plates their homes and it essentially started with this commercial in uh i believe it was 1974 where it showed this trucker who delivered fresh bread and this and this woman who was waiting for the fresh bread. And this commercial like played out, like this is how starved for entertainment we were in the 70s. This was a 12 episode series that was just a commercial about bread with a trucker and a woman that ended up with the final episode of them getting married. Uh, Okay. And And this romanticized truckers for everyone. so So they started making movies about truckers and even the prostitutes of the truck stops like this movie. So weird. Yeah. yeah. Cause I mean, you still had trucker movies into the nineties. There was like a, a, a one thing called bad dog with like meatloaf. <laughs> yeah. But there the, were and the, Sam the... Peck and Paul's convoy. Uh, but you mainly saw like a lot of what they're called exploitation which are just these white trash people, uh, you know, killing each other and committing crimes and stuff. Yeah, and uh, lot lizards everywhere. Lot lizards. That was my favorite term for the prostitutes of the truck stop. Yeah, because on a lot of the trucks, if they don't want lot lizards uh, to come up to the truck, they have a lizard with a slash through it on their truck. Oh, see, I got the lock lizard uh, when I was reading the reviews and someone had written a review on IMDb about and talked about this hit too close to home for the lock lizards I knew when I worked at this truck stop back in the 70s. Right. Yeah. Yeah. um, There there was also a really weird scene with the cop and one of the prostitutes. Yes. while his buddy stood outside the window and watched him have sex. And then I don't know if it was angrily ate a baby Ruth, but it was very weird. The, the fact that he was eating a candy bar while his, while he's watching his boss have sex with a prostitute. Well, you know, he, he's getting entertained and he has to have a snack like the movie theater. <laughs> Maybe that was like the intermission. That was the uh, uh, pitch for everyone to go to the lobby. Yeah, and I've been to a lot of truck stops, and I've seen you know some of the women that hang around there. Yeah, none of them look like these women. No, no, they are no meth head, creepy, scary, gross looking women. Yes, yes, definitely. 
So I would recommend getting a high-class hooker. Yes, but uh, Claudia <laughs> Jennings, the star of this, who nudes up a lot, she was the Playboy Playmate yeah. of 1971. She did. She's in Gator Bait too. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Yeah. So, so she's done a lot of uh, exploitation movies of the 70s, uh, prison uh, women in prison movies, stuff my, like that. My favorite is women in prison movies. <laughs> Uh, what's your favorite one? Oh, God, that's tough. Yeah. Black uh, Mama, White Mama, uh, the the one with Jackie Brown. I and think uh, Caged Heat. Caged Heat, yeah. that's a good one. Man. Yeah. Uh, there are some, well, there's actually one, I don't know if you consider it a woman in prison movies, but there's like some Japanese revenge films that have like women in prison that, that like start in prison, then they get out, then they massacre like everyone that did them wrong kind of movies. I dig those. Next week, that's what we're watching. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what, what do you, th uh, do you like it? Did you hate it? Uh, are you in between kind of like me? I, I'm in between. It made me ask really weird questions and look up a lot of stuff, you know, because I was really, I, I didn't understand why the American truck driver was romanticized the way it was, but it was all, it all started in a commercial series. Yeah. So. And uh, I couldn't figure out, I mean, the trucker during this film, uh, maybe it's like they were the new cowboys, or they're the new exactly. You know, uh, the, the, they're taming the old west, and they're riding their iron horses instead of yeah, real like a, like the new motorcycle gangs and stuff like that. You know, yeah, um, and uh, but then it was also because it was a fad. It's interesting to then go, then to think of movies we've seen. Uh, that were made just by fads, like things that were just of that time period, you know. Um, what is the Power Glove movie, The Wizard with Fred Savage? The, Joy uh, Joysticks. Joysticks. <laughs> yes. Uh, the Oscar-nominated Joysticks. Yeah, oh, definitely <laughs> Oscar-nominated. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're just weird movies. I mean, like even up to today where you have like the emoji movie that, that, that is really just coming out of like phone culture, it, uh, which is weird. Ready player one. Ready player one is just nostalgia for all of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, pretty crazy. So, but, uh, but I did, I, I say it's worth watching. It's worth checking out. I mean, I enjoyed it. It made me question. Movies yeah, look, a lot. If you like a lot of lots of nudity, yeah, uh, and lots of weird violence and yeah. uh, truckers and uh, hicks and if you enjoy you know, a baby Ruth while watching sex, this yeah. movie's for you. Yeah, uh, fat uh, sheriffs got guys with their shirt off. Yes, that was a really weird scene too. Like yeah. he, he was, and, and then he's like running around in his boxers with that young girl. Yeah, chasing her around the parking lot. And yeah, like it was like all the sex scenes essentially had like 
if it was a truck driver, he was doing some sort of truck driving, but with sex. And hmm. the cop was still doing policing, but he was policing sex. Yeah, and, and the end was didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, yeah, it was like her daughter had was playing against her, but then was with her, but then wasn't. Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, it was just really weird, but, you know. Yeah, I think they were making it up as it went along, you know. It was, it was a 25-day shoot. And it said the actors got paid five hundred bucks a week, uh, oh, which was too much. Yeah, definitely too much. Uh, they should have just got free uh, biscuits and gravy from the from the fr- truck stop from the truck stop. <laughs> I would have watched a movie about food served at truck stops. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. All so, right. So what else did you watch? Oh, I watched uh, Hennessy. Uh, Hennessy is a really, uh, yeah, I got a tip for the Quentin Tarantino podcast for this, but it's about this guy and, uh, Rod Steiger and he's in, he's uh, in Ireland and, uh, uh, I think his daughter and granddaughter get killed by the British and then uh, he, he decides to blow up Parliament. As you do. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of interesting. And uh, uh, I think it was Patrick Stewart's first movie. You yeah. Know? I, I just noticed that he was on here. So I was like, yeah. man, this must have been early Patrick Stewart. Yeah, the first, first time I saw him was Dune. Uh, first or second movie, uh, he would, but I mean, he got shot in the first 10 minutes. So, you know, but I mean, he was really young in this. Yeah, uh, it's available on Paramount. Uh, yeah, that's where I watch it. And, uh, yeah, it was worth checking out. Be- you know, they rated it pretty high on the Tarantino podcast, so I wanted to see it. Now, it, it was banned in, uh, I, I think, in Britain for a while, you know. Well, so, yeah, it's about the IRA. Yeah, yeah, so... You don't want you don't want people learning about where they came from. Then they either go, "I was my family was violent," or "My family's a victim of violence." Uh, so yeah, I was okay. Uh, uh, Steiger is great as always. I mean, uh, he really did, it. and it was uh, really fun the way he was, you know, putting the plan together and that sort of thing. Yeah, but yeah, I had a lot of fun watching that. Then I watched uh, Everybody Wants. Everybody Wants Some. Some. <laughs> um, I think it was a tr- attempt to be like uh, Dazed and Confused. But well, isn't it a Richard Linklater film? Yeah. But, like, halfway through, you're like, there's no plot. This isn't going anywhere. That's why I turned it off. I thought, is he trying to do slacker, but... Yeah, at the end of the movie, nothing happened. It it was just like a slice of life, 
and a kind of boring slice of life, you know? Yeah, and it's about like these uh, college dudes, and it's what, the early 80s, right? Yeah, 1980. 1980. Well, you've got, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Kurt, Kurt's kid. Uh, oh, my. I don't that's know. The, the guy from, the guy that's playing the curtain, Captain America. Huh? I'm I'm losing my mind here. Yeah. That's in the that's in the movie. Uh hold the, on, I'm looking his name up because I'm fucking stupid. The only uh person I know that's a kid is I think it's uh Wyatt Russell. Oh, Wyatt Russell, but I think what's her name's kids in it too? Um uh, the female lead. Um, God, Kate Kate Hudson is his half sister. Um, uh, well, I mean Hudson's a lot older, but uh, isn't uh, what's her name? Who was in uh, back, back to the Future? Man, I am not seeing any names I recognize. Like you said, Blake Jenner is the only other name I recognize on this list. But Will Britton, Zoe Dutch. Zoe Dutch, I, I think. Is... Oh, yes. She's Leah Thompson. Yeah, daughter. that's what I meant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She was the only person I recognized that was somebody's kid. Uh, yeah. So basically, there are two couple of uh, Nepo babies in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, well, like Jenner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, it was okay, I guess. I didn't not finish it like you did. Yeah, I was watching that, and I just was like halfway through and did not care about these dudes at all. Like, yeah, you didn't care about any of them really. They they were just eighties jocks hmm. who. And and I get like you know maybe he's trying to tell like a snapshot of that time period and these were guys like I went to school with but maybe we don't need to hear that story maybe yeah. they were assholes and maybe you know like yeah I, 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 just I, I enjoy slacker for the for the weirdness of it and this is just about guys you just don't give a shit about a Madonna pap smear yeah uh, <laughs> you want to buy one yeah exactly. <laughs> And then I watched a Living, and Living was uh, pretty good. It was uh, uh, it was uh, based on the Kurosawa film Akiru, which is one of my favorite Kurosawa films. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, it wasn't bad. Living. Yeah, yeah Living. I think it came out last year or something but yeah bill nye yeah bill nye yeah okay. he's good in the film you know uh yeah but i mean akiru is so much better you know yeah and uh, then i rewatched arrival oh yeah i love that movie yeah pretty great film it, it, but it's like one I just, I don't know, like after you see it once, like with Dennis Veneuve films, 
he kind of tells the story and you go back to kind of like live in that world. Like, you know, the story of Dune in the first one, you know, Blade Runner. And so when you know the end, you kind of want to just sit in the in the the music and the world and the look of it. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I really like that film. And, uh, oh, I finished uh, the first season of True Detective. Wow, what a fucking, that's a wild ride right there. Yeah, definitely. Don't you, like, enjoy seeing McConaughey just kind of, his whole trip through that? Just goes nuts and freaks everybody out by what's actually happening. So what have you been watching I watched, uh, I've been using Tubi a lot more. Uh, I've watched a, a movie called Containment. Uh, uh, it's about a virus outbreak where people wake up in their apartments and they've been sealed in, like at the door. So they're trapped, yeah, like not just at the Whoa. door to leave the building. And so, um, so he like goes to the window and he can see across to other people. And what happens is, uh people start to knock out the walls between the between themselves and be able to travel back and forth and they kind of create this small group of survivors and they're all trying to figure out what to do because they can't get out of their uh rooms because of the of the the sealant that is around the doors and then they start seeing like hazmat people setting up for their building and then bringing people in and out and then start shooting people and it just kind of escalates. It's like it, it, shit. it builds good, but you kind of really don't care about the characters. I, it's nothing I haven't seen before in a virus movie with a small group of people trying to just get through it. Um, if you've never seen those movies, you know, it would be something new. But like I was just kind of like meh about it. Uh, it was just OK. It was kind of interesting to see basically if you take the remake of dawn of the dead that kind of like we have this group of survivors that's going to try to get to work together and some aren't that's that's the best version of all these movies right right so um then i've I've been watching this one show and i think it's german or from norway it's called the island and it's about an outbreak but it's it's because it's episodic, it's very much like watching 24. Uh, 24 would have, because it had to fill so many hours, you couldn't just stay on Jack Bauer's character, that you'd have to meet all these other characters. So, like, it has this, it's the story of this island that gets uh, infected by a boat that shows up, and people start dying. Hmm. And But the outside world has already been affected. But they're so isolated. The only thing that is affecting them now is that, like, now people aren't going to be able to ship them food stuff that they can't cultivate on their own island. So it's neat to see kind of a microcosm of it. Uh, but they, but but they wrote in the most fucked up people. Like you have to get through four episodes of a guy trying to track down cocaine who's on the island who. Yeah, who who's there to write a book, and it's really weird. You have a girl who's knocked up by her guidance counselor, and her mom's also the mayor. So you have, like, all this, like, soap opera stuff the first sure. four episodes. And then you finally get to the real cool uh, virus shit. Oh, huh. So, 
if you want to sit through that shit, but I've had it on in the background while I was working. So, um, and uh, I watched Brightburn. If you watch Brightburn, it's oh uh, yeah, James Gunn's uh, yeah. Well, but but he he just produced it. His brothers wrote it. Uh, so his involvement was just as a producer. Um, I dug it. Like yeah, I had I, to really think about it for a while, but I really dug it. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. You know, and I think the main thing I'm going to put on is the the uh, the three characters is the mom, the dad and the kid, because the kid could like turn on a dime his emotions. He's very good about that. Uh, Danny Denman, I think, will always be remembered as Roy from The Office. <laughs> so it's always mm-hmm. hard for him when you see him in something else. But he has to play this like Paul Kent type character who it's so fucked up, has to take this moment where he has to convince his wife that he's just going to take his son hunting. And he's right. going to do more than that when he gets out there. And, yep. the, and and just how his son turns on him and melts his fucking face. You're just like, holy fucking shit. Yeah. And I... then, and then like, you know, how he freaked out on his mom at first. Like really, I the only thing that I had a problem with was really the, the story is just, you know, what if Superman was evil? And it's basically as a kid, he finds out that he's been lied to and that kind of makes him go mad. But, you know, he's going through hormones. He likes a girl. He accidentally crushes her hand. (laughs) He kills her mom and sets her up as a lab experiment for his spaceship, which is weird. Uh, Yeah, I but 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 I love just seeing like the things that really kind of stuck in my head were seeing her hiding under the bed and his feet flying around the house looking for her. Right. And the mask looking like a, a hangman's mask, but just laced in the front. So you could kind of see it was like a kid because he had the towel wrapped around his neck. Oh, so fucked up. And then I want to see a sequel. Like, I just want to see like, what does the world do when they've unleashed a, uh, hell like this yeah yeah i really enjoyed that movie i had a good time watching it uh we watched uh witchboard uh for joe bob's Uh drive-in did a a salute or like they did a halfway to halloween kind of thing that's about witches and uh uh, some seasonal shit and so they showed witchboard which is tawny katane's uh movie debut Right. Uh, <laughs> I feel weird speaking ill of the dead, but man, this movie is just so bad in in so many ways. So, but like, uh, so she did that before a bachelor party. Uh, I believe so because, uh, well, let me look it up. I can just double check it, but Oh, maybe not because that's it says it's eighty six. Yeah, she did Bachelor Party, I think eighty four. Yeah, because that was on cable before then. Okay. Yeah. Uh but they were just talking about like how she had been in a casting room. So I thought, oh, this is like, you know, her first film. But I forgot about Bachelor Party. Uh, definitely not her first film. Yeah. Um, and and it has these two guys who's it's real weird because the two dudes seem more involved with each other. It, it's very like 
these two guys might be making out in a scene because they're just talking about their emotions and shit, but they both are, have or are dating Connie Katane in the movie. Hmm. And they used a Ouija board to contact this dead child. And so she becomes addicted to the Ouija board and wants the dead child to come back as her unborn baby because she's pregnant now with this new dude's kid. But instead of talking to this eight-year-old child on the Ouija board, she was talking to a demon that she released into the world. And it's just really fucking bad. Uh, They have to shoot the Ouija board to kill the demon at the end of the movie. Huh? Yeah. Shoot the Ouija board. <laughs> and and I love that there's a guy in there who's like super technical about it because he's like, it's pronounced Ouija. Oh. And, and like knows the whole background of the Ouija boards and shit like that. <laughs> but he doesn't know the demons can, can possess Tony Cocaine. Oh, yeah. And so, and it's weird because like she, uh, there's a scene where they have to go to a funeral where she wears like this fedora. Like she's dressed up, she wears the same fedora at the big fight scene at the end when she's possessed by this demon and talking like a demon as she's fighting this guy. Is White Snake in the uh, soundtrack? No, but this came out the same time that Here We Go Again oh, came yeah. out. So, so this made so this was like, hey, do you want to see her naked? She's in this movie because I went to the movies and saw this as a kid. Oh boy, Tawny contains that has a nude scene in it, and it is not worth it. It is not worth the torture that this movie is. Um, Uh, So I watched uh, the original Last House on the Left. Oh, that's fucked up, man. That's a fucked up movie yeah definitely a fucked up movie uh i enjoyed it though because i'd always heard about it and i haven't seen the remake but why would you make one because there's a cool scene with a microwave death in it oh okay well there you i'm go. gonna i'm just gonna tell you that it's worth it to see this one death uh <laughs> because like so this movie is is these guys kill this girl and her parents and then come to the parents has to do like a home invasion right on them. no no they're they're just uh, coincident they find out that the girl lived there after they're just there to uh they were just there to uh because their car broke down oh okay and because don't the parents along the way figure out that, oh, my God, they've killed our daughter. Yeah, exactly. And then the parents uh, try to kill all of them. Yeah. And the mom does a fucking wild job uh-huh. on one dude. And I'm just like, fuck that. Uh, it, it was really fucked up movie. Yeah. But you can tell how low budget is. There's a dinner scene. That looks like it's shot on a stage, a literal stage that has just used the lights to black out everything around them right. so that you could only see the table that not everyone fits at. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I've always heard about it and I wanted to check it out. And this was Wes Craven's first movie. Yeah, this is what got him a lot of 
And uh, his producer was Sean S. Cunningham. From Friday the 13th. Yeah, yeah. So it it kind of uh, started started them on a track, you know? Yeah, you're seeing the origins of 80s horror right there. Uh, Yeah, and um, then I went to the theater and watched Sisu. All right. Four and a half stars out of five. So all the hype is there. You Dude, so, I love this film. But the, but but a half star. So you're there's something you're not happy with with it. Or is lo- it just not a perfect film? It's and, not perfect. You know, it's definitely not perfect. But, uh, I mean, the main character, uh, he says his first words in the last line of the movie. Very John Wick, you know. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. But, I mean, if you like to see somebody killing Nazis, this is definitely turned, you know, (laughs) <laughs> this know. is a glorious bastards level. Yeah, yeah. It's a really good film. I totally recommend it. Oh, wow. Okay, where'd you see it? At the theater oh, down the, the theater. street, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got out and went to see Guardians uh, uh, Volume 3. Loved it. It, it. That's like one of my favorite franchises of the MCU, so it's hard for me to hate those movies. But... It, it was tough to watch like some of the deaths that they have in the movie. Uh-huh. Uh, and, uh, uh, but it was like a story of rocket is his origin. And then kind of, because it was James Gunn's last run, uh, you know, what are we doing with the guardians and where they're going? So, yeah. I'm going to see it on Tuesday. All right. There are two scenes afterwards. I really only felt like one of them was necessary. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there are two scenes. I'm trying to think if there's anything else of note in the movie, like a big comic book nerd should point out, but not really. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to checking out. Uh, but yeah, Sisu definitely cool. Uh, then I watched, uh, not 2005's King Kong. Oh, the Jack Black one. Yeah. I've never watched that. Just it's, eh. it's okay. It exists. Yeah, I mean, I I thought the CGI was serviceable, you know. Yeah, and it's Peter Jackson. Yeah, but you know, eh, eh, it was alright. Yeah, I I know. I've always gotten that vibe from that movie. Like, there's been no reason to see it once you've seen the original King Kong. Like, you kind of get the story. So, what are you going to add to the premise of of trying to control nature? Naomi Watts was okay. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I mean, it was all right. You know, Uh, had a good time, I guess. I'll forget it in about two days. <laughs> I know. I love those movies that you watch. And you go, you know, I've seen that. And you just don't remember anything about it. Like, it's just so mediocre that you're just like, ugh. And then I watched 2009's uh, D- 
double identity? I don't know this. Val Kilmer. And it was not very good. Not very good at all. Double indemnity? No, identity. identity. I mean, double indemnity, the original, is fucking fantastic. But this was not. Yeah, that she, like, Val Comer is the only name I recognize out of the credits. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's supposed to be a spy kind of film. He gets, uh, they think he's a spy, but he's really not. And uh, he has to save the girl that is the actual spy. And uh, there isn't the spy, the spy they think he is, is just made up. And it's just so convoluted, it's just hard to follow the whole damn thing. Yeah, I mean, Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes has it at 19%. Yeah, not very good. Not very good. I wouldn't recommend it. And uh, you can see that everywhere, apparently. Then I watched Mimic. Oh, I love Mimic. Yeah. Yeah, I'd never seen it before. Uh, Mimic's fantastic. Especially mm-hmm. if you're afraid of bugs. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, Del Toro d- uh, does a really good job on that film. Yeah, like I always go, oh yeah, Mira Sorvino's in that. And then forget Josh Brolin. Norman Reedus, Charles S. Dutton. Like, it's got a good lineup of people in it. And then I watched uh, The Wages of Fear. What is that? Uh, It's a, I think, 1953 French film. And uh, this was the original that they based the movie Sorcerer on uh, with Roy Scheider. And it. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is just a, a outstanding film, man. I think it won the Palme d'Or that year, and just a great, great film. You know, totally recommend it. A hundred percent at Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> the better nineteen. Fuck yeah. Uh, yeah, but, uh, I think you can uh, watch it at, uh, on HBO. Yeah, it's on HBO, uh, Amazon Prime. Yeah, I I watched it on Criterion. Uh, a lot of Criterion films are also on HBO. I think they rotate them out pretty heavily. Yeah. Yeah, because they used to actually highlight the Criterion uh, film area that they had. Uh-huh. But yeah, I, HBO Max is just once it becomes Max, I feel like it's just going to go down the shitter. Now that we've got a writer strike, the guy that used to run Discovery Plus is just going to put on a bunch of reality show shit. Yeah, of course he will. You know, and uh, then I wa- this morning I watched Runaway Jury. Dude, runaway jury. John Cusack, Dustin Hoffman. Oh wow! Yeah, and uh, Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman. 
Dude, that movie was so fucking good. I forgot uh, about this. Dude, it was... I, I don't remember ever hearing about it. I don't know why. It's And definitely watch this if you're anti-gun. You know, because it's definitely anti-gun, you know. Oh, yeah, it's about a workplace shooting in New Orleans, which is weird because it's like, you know, as we're recording this, we had the Allen shooting yesterday. Jesus fucking Christ, man. And just the the horror, horrific stuff I'm reading about it, it's just, Yeah. But Greg Abbott's going to go out and he's going to where all these people were shot and he empowered them to be shot, so... Yeah, he's gonna he, make it all better. He's uh, thinking and praying. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. Uh-huh. And cash and checks. Uh, definitely. It's got Rachel Vice and uh, uh, Jennifer Beals in it. Too. Yeah, yeah, a really good cast, man. But Cusack uh, is really good, and I know you're a fan. Yeah, yeah, and I I think I do remember seeing this. I don't know why I confused this with his other movie, Identity. No, it's not the same at all. Yeah, it's not at all. I think it came out at the same time. Maybe. Yeah, Identity is much differenter, much more different. Uh, so, do you see anything else? I have been on this weird kick of watching uh, uh, Pluto because they've been streaming RoboCop, the series, and uh, Farscape. Uh-huh. And so I'm, I've been reaching the end of RoboCop, and I don't know how to how I can enable to share this or play this through here. RoboCop has a, an end theme song that they paid Joe Walsh and Lita Ford to write. It is the pinnacle of all 90s music. That's a weird combo. I know. It's really fucking weird. And then what you get for what you what is a RoboCop TV show is really fucking weird. Yeah, Joe Walsh, uh, the uh, uh, stepbrother of Ringo Starr. It's just whenever I think about it, it makes me my head explode. That is weird. He's yeah. the stepbrother of Ringo Starr, and he's in the Eagles, and Ringo's in the Beatles. Yeah, uh, he he and Ringo married a couple of sisters. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, isn't that weird though? When you think about it. Imagine them like hanging out. Like, did would they just jam? Oh, together? they they hang out all the time. Uh, Joe Walsh has been. Uh, I think he met uh, his wife because Joe Walsh was in Ringo's All Star Band for many years. You know, and uh, probably how he he met uh, his wife. I don't know. Mm. Or maybe well, because they were half brothers already. Well, it's weird knowing that, like, even like when Joe Walsh was doing shit on his own, you know, uh-huh. uh, like this sounds nothing like either of those two people. It's just such a weird closing theme song. 
And then I was just looking up just why is RoboCop even a TV series? And it was because Canada had some cash and they they were able to talk to Peter Weller, who was considering doing the TV show and then just said no. And so then they got the TV show after the movie. The second movie was kind of a flop and the third movie was like more aimed at kids. So the show is not violent like the first movie at all and just kind of. Yeah, like every time everyone's a sharpshooter in this. So like if you see a gunfight, the good guys will shoot the gun out of the hand of the bad guy always. No matter who Jesus. So, yeah, it's so bad. But I wanted to share this song, but I don't know how I can play it through here. <laughs> uh yeah, don't worry about it if it doesn't okay. work. Uh, it's called A Future to This Life. Oh. And it, uh. it is it is the most 90s music you'll ever hear. Uh, definitely. I totally agree. Uh, sounds like it. A future to this life. <laughs> uh, it, it's weird because when you hear it, you go, oh, I could hear this as some like mall soft or vaporwave type music. Uh, did you watch anything else? No, that's it. <laughs> uh, so I have some news. Yeah. Pedro Pascal. The Mando. He's going to be in Gladiator 2. Yeah, which makes me more interested in it. I mean, granted, it's got Denzel. Yeah. Uh, But uh, now I'm kind of curious where the story's going, what we're getting. Uh, Renfield. Oh, Nicolas Cage. Yeah, it's uh, on Universal, so it should be on Peacock real soon. (laughs) And uh, Jason Reitman. Ivan Reitman's kid. He's going to be directing a film based on the SNL premiere, just that show. The first SNL? Yeah. I guess I, I am interested because I'm a comedy nerd. Yeah, me too. But, but, like, I don't know if that appeals to everyone, you know, because, like, I know SNL seems to be, like, on the downside now. Like, a lot of... I've just seen uh, other other people complain about it that tend to be a lot younger. They're just like, it's stupid and pointless. It's not even good anymore. Everybody who had their cast says that about all the new cast. Oh yeah. I mean, I was saying that about, uh, Adam Sandler. Yeah. Yeah. They went, you know, but those were like the Gen Xers. Those were the, the ones that we grew up that were our age that were finally on SNL. And we would get, you know, Matt Foley and the Gap Girls and yeah, and o- I, Opera Man. And, I and, just didn't like it. My sister liked it, but it wasn't for me because yeah. I was a Martin Short guy. Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's it for the show. Uh, All right. What? We have one more thing. Uh, next week, uh, uh, we're going to watch another movie that I forgot to write down. I, oh, had, shit, yeah. I had mentioned it to you on Twitter. and uh, um, 
it, it'll be in Discord. Yeah, I don't. I when I do the show, I put everything off of my. Uh, yeah, I put everything off my off my uh, my tablet off and all that shit. Let yeah. me let me look on Twitter. The proposition. Yeah, the proposition. What what year is that from? Um, two thousand five. Yeah, the proposition from two thousand five. We're gonna be doing next week. And that where is that streaming? Um, I I think it's somewhere where you can watch it too. Yeah, it's on Peacock. Yeah. And it's free on Tubi and Pluto and Sling and yeah, it's everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, definitely. Guy Pierce, John Hurt, Emily Watson, Danny Houston. Damn, this is a lot. Yeah, I, yeah, I thought it was a pretty good uh, cast. All right. I All right, cool. So, no truck driver girls this week. <laughs> no, but I do want to get back to some of those exploitation films because they are so funny to watch uh, just what people think of, like, you know, truck driving America. Yeah, we <laughs> Gotta have these prostitutes. Yeah, we definitely have a lot of them on our list, so we'll get to them eventually. Uh, yeah, just it'll be your turn to pick the week after next. Okay, all right. Even though I've seen Vice Squad, would you want to do Vice Squad? I haven't seen it since I was a kid. That's how I remembered Wing Hauser when he showed up in Rubber. Um, uh, yeah, 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 we could. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fine. Let me see. Let me make sure. It is free on Tubi. It definitely on Tubi. All right. So the proposition next week. I squad the week after that. All right. Sounds good. All right, man. Uh, later, Gator. Laters. Laters.